we think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Conservatives have their panties in a bunch. General. Well, no, they over don't. Because... the whole trans thing. Yeah. Okay. And at the same time, they have their panties in a bunch because California requires every corporate board to have a woman on it. Well, guess what? One problem solves the other. You want us to have a woman on our board? Great. Sam over there, he gets a thousand dollars a month bonus, and he's a girl now. Okay? And if you don't like it, then you, your brother, and your mother can take your stuff and get out because you're transphobic. That doesn't um, really solve the problem, though. It just sort of moves it. It yeah. solves the problem by letting somebody absorb a thousand dollar hit. Okay. Uh, you you pay out a thousand dollars and you're free of this regulation, you know. You just pay pay Sam a little extra to take one for the team, and and the and so the thing about it is, uh, but see, conservatives don't like that idea. Their their entire issue with trans people, aside from the fact that really they're just transphobic and they're using all of this as as a screen to hate on trans people. What their main allegation is, is that, you know, someone will sincerely do exactly what you're doing here tonight, you know, with full beard and everything saying, I'm a woman, I should be allowed to go into the women's room and, you know, you be in there with your 12 year old daughter or whatever. That's the par- argument that conservatives use. Well, it is. And and the thing is, if if you don't like that and Sam is doing that around your office you should be able to tell Sam to cut it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, generally, if someone so, is doing something that you find, like, creepy, yeah. you should be able to say, hey, stop being creepy. It's also yeah. just kind of BS, because the majority of trans people aren't doing that. Right. The majority so, of trans people are, but it only takes... How so? They're being or, creepy in the okay. bathroom? Are not. <laughs> You're right. Uh, let me let me let me repeat that entire sentence uh, in one piece, sure. so so it doesn't get misquoted. <laughs> the majority of trans people are not abusing it, right? You know, the majority well, I mean, of trans people just are what they are. I've met child molesters. None of them that I know of operated in bathrooms, and none of them were. Uh, none of them were were trans, but I'll I'll tell you what. When I was about uh about sixteen, uh no, I wasn't actually sixteen. He was sixteen. I was more like fourteen. 
was in my uh, military academy, and and I I ran up ran into a uh, a pedophile up up close and personal, and it stayed that stayed that way for a little while until I almost killed him in formation one day because he called me a faggot. And, uh, and, and basically it took the rest of the platoon to drag me off it. And, uh, all of a sudden that didn't happen anymore, but I'll tell you what, that leaves a mark. Sure. Um, so, so the thing is, on the one hand, I understand to some extent as much as I can, you know, the, the fear and pain that exists in the trans community. But the other thing is there, there's other people with their own traumas. And just like sometimes uh, a trans person will project their trauma onto somebody who had nothing to do with it, sometimes a non-trans person will do that, too. Well, and that's and the thing, so right? So we, what we need to learn to do is tolerate each other. And if somebody says, I'm a woman, just by what definition? And sure. if you say a woman is a person with a feminine personality and I have a feminine personality, therefore I'm a woman, I'm going to say, great, by your definition, you're absolutely a woman. I don't disagree, but in a lot of cases, you're you're not even allowed to ask by what definition without them screaming that you're transphobic. Like they, yeah. they, Well, they can scream that. That's not initiation of force. No, but... I don't it's want still to, unpleasant. It, it is unpleasant. It is, it is unpleasant. And, it, and but, it's unfair, and it creates it, yeah. it creates a skewed world where if you say something even slightly that could be remotely construed as offensive to the LGBTQ community on Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media, you you Some could have hound you. you could have your entire life destroyed. And I'm actually kind of surprised we didn't immediately get calls. I mean, the trans issue—it's such a hot topic in the United States, and Another reason I don't like talking about it is because I'm kind of sick of being like the the tug of war that the left and the right yeah. love using to fight over. I mean, it used to be a, a different group. I don't remember exactly what it was, but but lately it's just trans people that they love fighting over. And I just I don't want to have anything to do with it. And it's probably been about a year now that I've had a policy on social media of immediately unfriending, removing, blocking, if it was necessary, like Twitter doesn't give you many options to handle that sort of thing. Anyone who talked about trans issues in any direction, unless they were actually trans, right? In which case, look, if if that's what you want to make your personality about, I I don't want to see it, so I'm not going to follow you, but I'm not going to go out of my way to block you or unfriend you over that. But it was because it's exhausting to scroll through Twitter or Facebook or whatever and have all of these well-meaning individuals arguing about why I should have the right to do this or why I should have the right to do that. It's just as exhausting as the people arguing that I shouldn't have the rights. Can all of you people just leave me the hell alone? Yeah, I I can totally see how that can be exhausting, especially as a trans person. Uh, in the birth community, there's this like sect of, they call themselves radical feminists, and basically, they just hate trans people. Oh, these are and the trans-exclusionary radical feminists. The pr- pretty much, but, okay. but they don't like to be called that. No one likes to be called a TERF. <laughs> I mean, J.K. Yeah. Rowling is very clearly a TERF, but yeah. no one... Well, it's it's a slur, right? Yeah, it's, and I don't agree with anything these people are saying just because someone being trans doesn't make me any less of a woman, and it doesn't do anything to harm me, so... And I typically don't care what other people do, but sure. for some reason, they think that just the existence of trans women 
are ruining their lives and they're so dramatic about it and it's exhausting i've had to unfollow a lot of them even though we agree on most things just because we disagree on this topic and they are so noisy about it and it's so annoying i've had to unfollow a lot of them just because i don't want to hear it anymore do either of you watch King of the Hill, or did you watch King of the Hill back when it was popular? Yeah, I do. Do you remember to. the episode where Peggy Hill got caught up with the drag queens, and they were like, "Should they?" they no, they I haven't thought, seen that, but that sounds great. Yeah, they they assumed she was a drag queen or whatever, and <laughs> she the way she took that is, "Oh my God, I'm so unwomanly. I'm so bad at being a woman." Basically, that that these men who are trying to be women mistook me for one of them, which. Yeah, that's probably pretty devastating to your ego. But what they ended up pointing out to her, because it was supposed to be a heartwarming episode, is that, no, 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 we, we liked you because you presented feminine energy without attempting to or whatever. I used to be much more, you know, trans people shouldn't be allowed to compete against women. So I used to have that sort of position. But a friend of mine is actually, she has a master's degree in some sports thing. I don't know exactly what it is. But she explained to me one night, you know, we never hear about the trans athletes who lose. Exactly. And That's I, a great point. Yeah. And that had never occurred to me. And I was like, she's at, like that, that uh, trans athlete, the swimmer who, you know, broke some record or whatever. Yeah, Leah something. Yeah. I don't remember mm-hmm. the name, but the, the very next few meets, they were placing like, she was placing dead last and stuff like that. Yeah. So but the, like, you only heard about her placing first. Intentional or was that because she couldn't do better? I mean, who knows? There's really no way to know unless you ask her and get an honest answer. Yeah. But I mean, in, I mean, you can observe her performance and, and make your best guess. I but. suppose. In general, though, it's absolutely true that someone who, who has higher levels of testosterone is going to be better at physical competitions than someone with lower levels of testosterone. And that's mm-hmm. I realize that might upset people, but it mm-hmm. I don't want to be a transphobe here, but it's a <laughs> biological fact. Yeah, well, it is a biological fact, but that doesn't imply separation. Uh, you know, uh, well, when, when I studied Salat, for example, uh, my girlfriend and I went to the same Salat class and they had her fighting men. And, and you know, she, at one point she was like, well, this is kind of hard. And she was and they were like, yeah, but who do you think you're going to end up fighting in the real world? Is it women who are going to attack you or is it men? The first surgery I ever looked into was uh, breast implants, because so, that seems like an obvious place to start, right? Yeah. And it was one of the cheaper surgeries. One of the I more always com- like to start at the boobs. Most people do. <laughs> and it was you know, one of the most common surgeries out there, that, and one of the most common elective surgeries out there. So I went to this uh, surgeon in Nashua, did the consultation, all of that, and then at the end of it, he's like, okay, so I just need a letter from your ther- your uh, yeah. therapist authorizing this, and we're good to go. It's like, what do you mean my therapist? I don't have a therapist. He's like, what do you mean you don't have a therapist? Why the hell would I have a therapist? There's nothing wrong with me. A trans person that doesn't go to therapy? Oh, my gosh. Right. So I, I, I said, you know, I'm not going to deal with he to be to his credit. He did give me a number of therapists who are, you know, they, they'll just rubber stamp me and all of yeah. that. And but it's kind of the principle of it. It is exactly the principle it's a of cringy. it. And that's why I don't have breast implants now, because I, I sat about it. And I thought about it. I was like, do, do I want to do this? And then I ended up emailing him. I was like, look, I've given this some thought and uh that's pretty messed up, this implication that if I'm trans, I must have a therapist so or I lose the ability I, to make decisions for myself yeah. because I'm trans. If a woman the, came the in thing here. Is, if that was a law, I would say that's wrong. OK, but if in this guy's professional judgment, that's the proper way to care for people in order to prevent them from having 
the problems that that this well there's a lot of facets to this right i mean that's their professional responsibility well let me finish telling the story because that's inapplicable to this situation at hand right he that is not his position on it he's like this is just standard within this this field here yeah this is what i have to do this is the way it's done whether i agree with it or not he actually said that he agrees with me that it's pretty messed up i was okay so operate with a mind of your own here but he refused to do that, and you made another point. What what was it? Because there was a different um, aspect of that that I also well, wanted to. Basically, everybody has the right to do what they're comfortable with and not do what they're not comfortable with. If somebody asks me to install Linux on their computer, okay, as a technical guy, I think it's important for me to make sure that I'm confident that they understand what that means. It understands that some of the things they used to do with their computer, they might not be able to do anymore. It's wrong think is what I would suggest that this trans person must have approval from a psychiatrist. Yeah. But you run into the same thing. Like, why is it estrogen available over the counter as well? Why do I need a prescription from a doctor for that? In, in actuality... You kind of don't because I, I initially transitioned, you know, in Mississippi where I knew from the beginning that I was not going to get a doctor to sign off on yeah. this. It was not going to happen. So I just started ordering estrogen online. Uh, it was shipping from a China Chinese pharmacy. It was internationaldrugmart.com for anyone out there who may ever need that information. And it actually shipped from Germany. The hormones did. I don't know how all of that worked on the back end, but... The Obama administration had made it a point to say, look, we're not going to do anything about Americans ordering drugs from other countries as long as they're not controlled substances. And I I think technically estradiol is a controlled substance, but it's not a controlled substance in a way that they care about. So I did that for an entire year. and The process was horrific, right? For whatever reason, I could only use a debit card three times before it would re- be rejected by this pharmacy, presumably That's for weird. some international reason. So yeah. I was constantly having to go buy prepaid cards and use those. And then they would it would take them two weeks to actually ship it out. And then an additional two weeks before they arrived. So there were huge gaps in not having a stradiol. So, but it solved the problem. And a year later, I was able to take all of these empty packets that I had kept exactly for this reason to the doctor, set them down, say, look, this is, a, this is happening. This is what I've been doing. I'm sick of having to jump through all of these hoops. Can you help me out? Yeah. And he was like, you're doing it anyways. Yeah, I don't see why not. It makes sense to me. But, you know, that's the way that this should be done. I shouldn't be required to ask a doctor for permission anyway, but ultimately yes. you do have to ask you a doctor. You should pay a doctor when you want their honest opinion. Yeah. You know? Not to get drugs that, especially if no, you're... Not to get permission. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. Yeah. You know, because what happens is people end up buying something from some place that's fly by night because the reputable places won't do business with you. So you have no choice. Myself and Ian and our attorneys will be arguing that blockchain analysis and all of this is available online. You can find it at Recap or Court Listener or whatever. The, the motions that are being argued on September the 1st is that blockchain analysis has not met evidentiary st- requirement standards. It is not accepted science. Uh, right. And this is because they, essentially because they use black box software, it's proprietary software. We don't know what that software is actually doing or what it's looking for. It's not open source, so we can't audit it. And we have, therefore, no way of proving whether or not it's actually reliable. Nobody and, should be using any kind of software in court that is not open source. I, I agree with that assessment entirely.
Except you're nobody, so no one should be using. No, no. I'm thinking I should become an expert and uh, a professional expert and go testify at trials and use non-open source software. Uh, well, okay, no. I if shouldn't. you want, <laughs> no, I, I prefer open that source. Would be icky poo. Yeah, <laughs> that's and a the, nice way of putting it. <laughs> the other one is also a hearing about the dismissal of counts one, two, and three, which is the conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money transmitting business. For those keeping score, it's conspiracy to not have a business license is essentially the charge there. And counts of not having said business license. Where are your permits? Yeah, counts two and three are operating an unlicensed money transmitting business. And we're hoping to see those dismissed. I can't say anything that's not in the federal, you know, uh, recorded federally available, publicly available documents that you can find at Court Listener if you're really interested in it. You know what would really hold a lot of weight with me? Would be the judge saying, you got to give this bitch a million dollars. Okay, that would make a difference to me, and I would defend myself from that by following the the best practices of of my profession as as they were accepted because that's what you have to do to avoid being held liable in court and yeah, as a and medical professional, you know this Nikki yeah, well, I would um, think that her signing a document would be enough also like, point. it should be enough, but unfortunately. The court, it's the courts, it always goes back to the government. Yeah. And it's the courts that, that will let you sign one of those documents and then sue anyway and collect. Right. But again, so it goes without saying that I'm not trying that, to use force against this person. To be scared. Yeah. But a lot I'm not of trying to steal from them. I know that. But that, that mechanism shouldn't exist in the first place. I mean, yeah, it absolutely, absolutely should not. Right, there's. So yeah, I mean that's just like I said. I wanted to bring it up because like I said, that doctor doesn't know you. Doesn't know how you're going to react to that later on. Then and I don't know, you know man. There's a decent chance thing. that a surgeon who you know does breast augmentation surgery in New Hampshire probably has heard my name at some point. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably in your specific case. Yeah, you have less of an excuse on that. But another, but in other people's cases, yeah, they don't want you know, a, a, you know, the blowback in case you know there's a regret you know, or maybe. A, you know, and they do something drastic later, and then the family holds the doctor responsible. That's one of the things. Right but there. see, again, we should live in a world where if I sued this doctor for breast augmentation surgery and then I came to regret it, the judge should say, why the hell are you suing him? You did this. You're yeah. the one. You yeah, asked exactly. him to do this. This is your fault. And that's yeah. not the reality. So unfortunately, a lot of doctors are practicing in fear, fear yeah. of losing their license. They have the license hanging above their head, and at any point the state can take it away from them, and then everything they've worked for is taken away. So it really is a shame that the medical industry is being run this way and that the government has their hands in it. Today, the big news is that uh, student loan forgiveness is sort of a thing. I I don't exactly... No, because I didn't pay attention to it. But Nikki, you have an article about that. Well, you have several articles about this. So I can even summarize it really quickly. So basically, if you don't want to pay for me to go to college, you're a jerk. And that's what a lot of these, a lot of people believe this. Sure. I went to college. I took out loans. I paid for some of it out of pocket. Completely knowing what I was doing and expecting to pay these loans back. So it just it feels a little silly to me that people just and you you rarely I mean you 
let me, I, I got to figure out how you went into one of the fields where it's actually useful and sensible to have a college degree. Yeah. A lot of people get degrees in like gender studies. studies and, you know, just, <laughs> just things where you can't really get a job. Well, we don't even have to go that far. I, I have a degree in the management of information systems, but all of that could, and luckily I accrued no debt doing that because I had, you know, grants and scholarships and stuff. However, an A plus certification and a network certificate, network plus certification would have been just as good and would have cost about 400 bucks and are just exams that one can take. So there, even without looking at gender studies, there's a lot of careers out there that people are getting into that they could just do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, um, the other thing though is a lot of people, uh, realized that okay they've turned uh grade school and high school into a 12 year hard sell yep on a four year education which yep. means too many people are going to get that and the market's going to be flooded so i'm going to become a plumber instead and that's what a lot of you know you can go to a trade school for high school and do a lot better than a lot of the kids that are getting business degrees and i think this is what's happening here is Kids go to college without fully understanding the the real weight of the yeah. amount of debt they're going to be in, and then they think that someone else should pay for it because now they can't get a job. Absolutely, but it, it and seems I've had, I've had plumbers out at my house, and I have never at any point not and most of these plumbers where they had their own business or whatever, I have never asked a plumber for their degree. No. Never at any point in my life, and. I, as an IT person, I was never at any point asked for my degree by any of my clients. It's like, if I can solve their problem, that's the thing they care about. If somebody wants to stand on the street corner and sell a magic tincture that's going to cure their baldness or whatever, and yeah. happens to be skunk urine, yeah, sorry, buyer, beware, dude. I, yeah. I, I don't know why someone would go to such a person. If you want to open up a chiropractor business or you know a doctor's office in general... In your garage, you should be able to do that. Would I go I to agree. a garage doctor? Maybe if I had pneumonia or something, I was like, "Hey, you have a four-year degree in you know athletic rehabilitation for athletes or whatever, so you know you know a thing or two about the human body. I don't need brain surgery here. I just is what I have pneumonia, and can you hook me up with some antibiotics or whatever? That would be a better solution. So also, they used to have these things where if you wanted to become a nurse, you could work at the hospital and do what's called a work study. So at as you're getting experience working in the hospital, you start off at a low level and eventually, I don't know if it was degrees, I'm assuming you would get a nursing degree and then you'd be able to work as a nurse. They got rid of all of that. Um, now they're even trying to make, there's been talk about, at least in Massachusetts, they're trying to make um, an RN. So previously, you know, you can get your bachelor's degree and be an RN, but you can also just get a two-year associate's degree. Well, they're trying to get rid of that and make it so you need a four-year degree to be an RN. And then, so they're, or if you want to be a nurse practitioner, now you have to get a doctorate instead of just getting a master's degree. So to be a nurse practitioner, you have to get a doctorate. They're, they're trying to pass these laws. It's not like that yet. But Why not just become a doctor? Well, because it's it's different than med school. Okay. Yeah, a it's, lot of other things. Yeah, but but basically, my point is they're trying to make it harder for people to be join the healthcare field, and they're trying to make it more expensive. And really, they're just trying to make the state colleges money. But then they're also saying that 
we're going to have and student also loan make forgiveness. The doctors more money because the fewer doctors there are, the more they can charge. Exactly. So they're they're pretending like they're trying to fix the problem by with student loan forgiveness, but really they should have never forced people to go to school for some of these things in the first place. I I would trust a and nurse. They never should have issued the loans because why did the colleges all raise their rates? Because the students had easy money in their hands and they were willing to yes. spend it because yep. you lent it to them, you idiots. Yeah, that's the exactly. Same, I mean, that's the same way that insurance uh, helped break the medical industry as well. You know, why charge a, uh, why charge the patient a hundred dollars when you can charge their insurance company ten thousand dollars? And the next exactly. thing you know, a bag of saline is nine hundred dollars or whatever, even though it's literally just a bag with salt water in it. So. Yep. It's just government breaking things that didn't have to be broken, but now they're broken. And then, of course, people out there who don't know really what these issues even are all about say, well, why can't government fix this problem? Government should step in. and They cost the problem. Yeah, they should. Why? We need the Affordable Care they Act. Cause all the problems. Yeah. Nobody, I got to have a little fun with you right here, but only an ass would vote for nobody. And in the immortal words of Samuel Clemens, there's nothing to be learned by the second kick of a mule. Well, you know, if you look at most of the stuff that government does, nobody should do that stuff. No, nobody should be telling you how to live your life. Nobody should be bombing Iraq for no apparent reason. Nobody. See, this is why I this is why I start to lose the the appeal of the nobody name, though, because you're you are an individual known as nobody. That is your mm-hmm. name. That that's like saying I want to bomb Iraq, or well, I should I want bomb to Iraq. To be the guy rather. in charge of bombing Iraq because I'm a lazy bastard and I won't do it. Right. That, can give, but if it's my job, nobody else can do it either. But see, that means that to be accurate or to, to say what we're trying to say, we should say nobody shouldn't bomb Iraq. Well, nobody but, should be in charge of the Iraq bombing. Okay. Th- yeah, nobody, that's, that's a really good way to put it. Mm. I'm a carpenter. Nobody should be racked one way or the other. Nobody should be racked? Uh, racked. Yeah, racked? that's what happens when a building gets twisted. It's got oh, I didn't know okay. that. Ah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I am a little twisted. You know, carpenter yeah. jokes aren't going to work well in a room full of people who aren't carpenters. No. Einstein right. proves that right. all of space time is curved, but what they didn't, what he neglected to mention, was that in 2022 it would be completely twisted. So, what did you call oh, about tonight, Major? It's still twisted today. <clears throat> well, it's still 2022 today, bro. When, so what's on your mind tonight, Major? When uh, when Jefferson was president, he sent John Quincy Adams to France as the ambassador, where he was very much out of place, didn't speak the language, didn't know the culture. <clears throat> I mean, he felt like a, a, a frog in a pool of pike, so to speak. But well, anyway, well, Frenchmen are actually called frogs, so he felt like a non-frog among frogs. Well, come on now. They pushed their food down their throat with their eyeballs. Let's not talk about frogs. Escargot, come on. And I remember back in the 80s when they were just creating the student loan program, and those of us who argued against 
against it and said, this is a terrible idea. This is bad economics. They said, you hate students, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, this is what we were talking about, you idiots. This is what communism brings you. Don't be morons. Don't be communism. Don't be communists. And don't do this stuff anymore. Well, that would be ideal. But, I mean, no one, very few people in their right mind would have an 18-year-old come up to say, Hey, man, I just got out of college. I want to borrow 130 grand. But the government is not and has never been in its right mind. I know, but the government wasn't always responsible for student loans. This isn't about government at this point. It it is about government. No, because government wasn't. What do you know? You didn't let me finish the freaking statement. Government wasn't involved in student loans from the very beginning. They were initially private loans. It wasn't until the 80s or whenever that the government became the guarantor of all college student loans. And therefore, every student with a pulse was able to get one. I was calling on the topic that I've been listening to you talk about a couple of segments, the student loan thing. Obviously, you guys want to talk about that. And um, I think, I don't know, I just I want to just kind of share how I see it and the moral we can get from that, the, gr- the greater one that we can kind of apply overall. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you saw, yeah, the, the idea of the American like middle class did really expand with a lot of people going um, in like vastly larger numbers of people getting uh, college degrees. and working in a you know, booming economy after the war for whatever reason. Um, of course, we have to look back at that and say, well, a lot of those people were, a huge number of those people were on GI bills coming back from the war. So the government actually footed the bill for those. But um, even when the student loans uh, came out, I mean, I think to some extent, you know, you could go and take out a loan and the increase in average um, wages for someone coming out with a bachelor's degree, even a master's especially, um, could justify, you know, paying back this loan at some point. But over the years, as soon as that happens, over the years, the higher and higher rates of people getting those degrees, I mean, it's just, you're, you're flo- it's simple economics. You're flooding the marketplace with supply. And so you're watering down every level of education, um, those degrees, and every level of education gets watered down. So it's basically an arms race. We're wow. competing with each other for these jobs. Bachelor's becomes a high school diploma, a master's becomes a bachelor's, et cetera, et cetera, more or less. It's almost so like there are laws of economics that the government can't repeal no matter how hard it tries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, you, you try to solve one problem, it makes sense in the in a static kind of moment, but um, you... I'm not sure Every that there. I'm not sure that this market saturation of college degrees actually exists. I, I realize theoretically it could exist, but when someone says to me, "I have a master's degree in gender studies," uh, the, it's not because they have a master's degree that I roll my eyes, right? But when someone says, "Oh, I have a master's degree in mechanical engineering," I'm like, "Oh, okay." So it's well, it's not even that you know, master's degree is now equivalent of an associate's or whatever. Is that they what what is the degree in? I don't. I would suggest that an associate's in I don't know calculus is going to impress me a lot more than a master's degree in gender studies. Well, I mean, I got out of college knowing that I would get a job immediately. Let it never be said that libertarians don't offer solutions as well as bitching about the status quo. So let's say that you're not in the position of already having uh, gotten obscenely large loans for an education. Let's say that you're rather somebody who just wants to learn to code because everybody says that's a good idea. Well, nobody says that's a good idea, too. So Absolutely. if you want to learn to code, guess what? 
I've got an open source project called Self 411. Okay? It's a good liberty project. It's all open source. It's being de Googled, revamped, rewritten. Uh, and there's going to be basically a, a functional equivalent of the current production system. Uh, implemented with new technology, and then it's going to get radical in terms of becoming a radically private, decentralized, or polycentric uh, communication system that you can use, and eventually it will be so secure that you can run your own server, and I don't even have to know you're running the system, much less have access to your communications. Coding is another one of those things that, you know, a person, mm -hmm. if you... If you want to learn to code, just start coding, right? Uh, and, sure, you'll have to read some tutorials mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but all you have to do is just start doing it. You don't have to go to college. And if you and want some mentoring, do it on Cell 411 was my point, and I will, I will help you learn what you need to do to contribute effectively, and yeah. your homework will be working on real production software that people are going to run. But it sounds insane to me to think about going to college to learn to be a programmer or whatever. It's like, to me, that's the equivalent of going to college to learn to be a guitar player or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just start. Yes, I taught this, me. Yeah, this is very much something you can teach yourself. And if you're passionate about it, if you're passionate about it enough to succeed at it, you're going to be more than capable of teaching it yeah. to yourself and learning it online. Or I know children that have taught themselves how to code. Especially I, nowadays where you have the internet. You can learn pretty much anything on the internet nowadays. Yeah. Uh, every one of these. But if you learn surgery on the internet, you probably won't be able to use that skill professionally. I, I would not want to get surgery from a surgeon who primarily learned their trade from the internet. I don't think. There, there's plenty of things you can learn from the internet. Right. But, but you know. Would I want to be that person's first surgery patient would be the question. You know, Look, I spent 10 years watching surgery videos on YouTube. Like, great. You don't need an ivy-covered building to teach. Yeah, there, there are websites out there like Skillshare and stuff like that where if you want to learn something and you can't teach it to yourself, like, I want to learn to use Photoshop. You could teach yourself to use Photoshop or whatever, but I'm not going to deny that it's a lot faster to have an expert teach you a thing. Like, you're going to learn a guitar a lot faster if you're sitting down with someone who is a master guitar player yeah. and they're teaching you what to do. However, if you want to learn these things quickly or whatever, th there's things like Skillshare and stuff like that. Certification systems would be much better. I don't know how you could certify someone to be a Photoshop expert or whatever. And I, I don't know that you would necessarily have to, but building people have built houses from watching YouTube tutorials and stuff like that. I've done similar things from I've never built a house or anything of that scale, but, you know, I've. At one point, I had to replace a friend's alternator and some solid chunk of something on their engine that I replaced. I was like, man, this is, a, this is a bit beyond what I'm usually comfortable doing. Like, you want me to replace your alternator? Fine. But this is a bit more than that. But you know, watch a few YouTube videos and you're like, okay, I can connect these dots and see how it's related to things that I have done in the past. And I can see that, yes, this does fall within the realm of what I'm technically capable of even if I didn't know how to do it until those YouTube videos existed. But like an auto mechanic is another one of these things where, look, if my auto mechanic never went to school or never did anything, never had an apprenticeship, he was like, yeah, I'm just, I've got plenty of time and I've got plenty of YouTube and I've got, you know, the resources, I've got all the tools needed to do the job. Like, I mean, right, I'm good with it. Look at Matt. I was asking him the other day because he just seems to know everything. So I'm like, how, how did you, how do you know how to do all these things? Like 
the muffler on the car needed to be replaced. And he's like, all right, I'll just go down to the store, pick up a muffler and then put it, put it on the car, take the old one off, put the new one on. I was asking him, like, how do you figure all this stuff out? And he's like, well, you just, he, he literally just taught himself how to do all these things. He's like, well, I was, I took it off. So I just did the opposite of what I just, what, what I just did, you know, sure. putting it on is the opposite of taking it off. Right. So, but it's as simple as that. Some of these things. And if you just open up your mind, um, be creative and use logic. It's amazing what you can teach yourself how to do. We like talking about eating bugs here on the show. We we don't like the idea of eating bugs. And look, we we trash Nobody this idea. Nobody thinks that's a good idea. Why do you think this is a good idea? I don't. Okay. It's the other nobody. Gotcha. So, but this is what they're pushing. They're they're pushing insects. Are good. There, there's a new cricket factory. No, I'm not cricket making factory. this up. Yes. See, they should have been studying cricket studies instead of women's studies. Right. They're opening a new cricket plant up in Green Bay. I, I want to be 100% upfront about I am not making this up. They are opening the world's largest cricket processing facility in Canada. They're expecting to process millions of pounds of crickets each year. And it's going to be, they're making cricket powder to use in flour. They're, Why? Because people are losing their mind. I don't know. The food shortages. <laughs> we need to eat crickets. Just grow a garden, See, please. That's the connection. Well, I mean, Get I'll a be- cow, please, or something, anything but, I mean, whatever. People can do whatever they want to do. If you want to eat crickets, go for it. But I don't think but don't anyone- force people to do it. It's weird. Some people probably want to eat crickets, obviously, but I think most people don't want to eat so, crickets. I think most people who, who want anybody to eat crickets want somebody else to eat crickets. Like the World Economic Forum people, they don't want to eat crickets. They want you to eat crickets. Well, they want you to eat crickets so they can have filet mignon and lobster. Well, they can have and filet mignon and lobster anyway. And you will be happy. But they can have filet mignon, filet mignon and lobster anyway. But they can but have the more are if part you're of broke. Us blind, which is how they afford their filet mignon. Exactly. That's that's the key. So first, there was the, the Impossible the Burger. Grift. Which is plants being turned into meat-like flavors and textures. And okay, now, plants, impossible. plants, you mean oil? Is that what's in the impossible things? A lot of oil. I, all, all toxic, by the way. I did a vegetarian thing a few weeks ago. I've since stopped doing that. I'm now just, I'm going back to intermittent fasting, just one meal a day, because that's better for me, and I'm losing weight faster that way. However, I did try Dieting some of the just fasting slowly yeah i did try some of the impossible foods <laughs> i got the impossible whopper at one point because when you're a vegetarian and it's you know 11 o'clock at night you have significantly fewer options i could go to the grocery store and i could make myself a salad or something you know there are there are things i could have done to have cooked i'm a freedom activist which presumably would include the freedom of a person to walk across the street and not get you know, run down in a vehicle as long yeah. as they're not being idiots. But I, I just can't imagine being so pat. And she is, to, to her credit, she is passionate about pedestrian activism. Yeah. But uh, I think there's probably better uses of she's her time. She's also completely out of her mind. She, she's, I, she's out of her tree. She is, but isn't, right? Like, when we asked her about eating crickets, she made exactly the point that Nikki made. 
right? Which is that, you know, it's mostly a cultural thing. There are plenty yeah. of cultures where it's just normal for them to eat crickets. There's cultures where it's normal to eat cats or dogs or whatever. There's historically there's cultures where it was normal to worship cats. It's human, human beings are a, diverse. I had a friend who was a homeless guy who described himself as a professional hitchhiker and he had a dog named Apache. And uh, and basically he named his dog Apache because when food got scarce in the Apache cat camp, the uh, population of people didn't didn't drop, but the population of draw- dogs would drop dramatically. So he See, that's bad said advice. that if he got hungry enough, he was going to walk his dog. See, that's bad advice. You never want to eat. You never want to kill the dog. And th- this isn't just because you know dogs are great and they're your friends or whatever. It's be- they're useful. Right, your dog cleans up your scraps that fall to the ground, and that keeps other predators oh, away. Oh, that's right. I didn't really think about it in that context until Conan pointed out about it. But no, you're way more likely to survive and get something to eat if you have a dog. Plus, if your dog is any good at all, there you you might have to eat some of the food they catch. And a kill. lot of dogs know. are bred to help humans hunt. Yeah, so I mean, never kill the dog. You, you want to keep the dog alive. Otherwise, that you, dog better hunt. Otherwise, you may just be eating Going insects. In While mealworms, <laughs> I want to reiterate this entire sentence because it's so fascinating to me. While mealworms have now mostly have until now mostly been used as snacks for pets or as bait while fishing, they have potential as a food source for humans. I'd rather I fish. Mean, a lot of things do, though. Yes, but this is this is the point of austerity that human beings are at because of the the banking institution, the money shenanigans, the inflation, the recessions, all of these things the that governments around the world are doing. The burning down of food plants. Well, that that's oh, that's all accidental. Well, that's a grossly exaggerated thing as well. The the, the media started parroting everything that happened at a food plant, and you know, like. Even if someone uh, in an ashtray caught on fire because an employee was overly full or whatever, that that would end up in the news cycle as a mysterious fire at the food yeah. processing facilities for a while. They mentioned that, you know, this bug eating thing is so good for the environment. It's going to help us combat climate change. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if they want to if they want sacrifices made, I think that's great. And I think we should build a big altar and we should start dragging politicians and bankers the people who caused this to the to the altar and we should have some sacrifices okay and, i don't agree with that <laughs> i mean i, I maybe don't it's agree well them. if they set up the situation that means that sacrifices have to be made then why should i be the sacrifice they should be the sacrifice well and that's the thing right so i i typically don't advocate for violence but if they're saying sacrifices need to be made to save the world wouldn't They've it make been sense running the world so it whatever it is it's their fault well and it's their idea so if you want to save the world by killing people well then why don't you kill yourself yep. i mean if they're, if they're so noble and you know selfless and guess what if you do nobody will shed a tear for you Insects are a nutritious and healthy food source with high amounts of fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, fiber, and high-quality protein. Yes, so's your brain. Yeah, which is like that of meat, says a researcher at a university in South Korea. Many consumers seriously like and need animal protein in our diet. 
However, traditional livestock farming produces more greenhouse gas emissions than cars do. But There's, not more than the billionaires' private planes that they fly on to Davos so they can lecture the rest of us about how we need to sacrifice our consumption. I just, I need to know the data that they're using to justify that sort of statement. Because I've seen the meme out there, okay, you spend the night in a garage with a car running, and I will spend the night with exactly. a cow. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I would absolutely tell yeah, the cow's probably going to stink more. But I'm going to survive the night. Yep. Right. And I realize that you, you don't know, have to do anything with the cow. No. I, okay. No, it, they're just flatulent, as I understand it. But oh, well, who isn't these days? This new study, which will be presented to the American Chemical Society this week, found that the flavors were released when mealworms were heated with sugars, with the proteins and sugars interacting and caramelizing. It's like a- kettle corn. <laughs> This is actual research from an actual scientist with an actual degree being paid with actual money to do research. Let's see what happens when I pour some sugar on these mealworms in this pot of boiling water. Well, it's better than paying them to genetically engineer new plagues for us, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how much better it is. At least the plague is complicated. Well, now they're they're also growing meat in labs. They are. So, what's worse, crickets or lab-grown meat? Get what's this. Worse, I have ignorance ground or apathy. Who knows? Who cares? I have groundbreaking <laughs> news for people out there. You're you're legitimately not going to believe this. This is the most breathtaking thing you will ever have heard. Different <sighs> cooking processes produce different results Whoa, the researchers no found yes you think? wow researchers That's totally different than any other kind of food where all cooking processes produce identical results it is mind-boggling to me that someone was paid to ascertain that different cooking processes produced different results Steamed mealworms give off a sort of sweet corn-like aroma do they i doubt they, it though? but <laughs> i mean I don't roasted and deep fried versions have more of a similarity with shrimp. Do they? Do they though? <laughs> a a panel of volunteers were used in sniff tests to ascertain the most meat-like flavors of those concocted. Sniff tests, they won't even eat them. <laughs> well, They're like, "Well, I smelled it and it tasted like meat, so you guys should eat them." How do you get a volunteer to be willing to eat deep-fried mealworms? I'm but, sure you could. But see, that they're not well, even doing... you lock them in a room with no food for a long time. Yeah. Um, they're not even, like, doing the powder thing. They're like, hey, here's some deep-fried mealworms. Tell us what this smells like. This one's <laughs> boiled. What does this smell like? Would you eat this boiled mealworm? This is a steamed mealworm. Scientists say avoiding meat and dairy products is the single biggest way to reduce your environmental impact on the planet. I, I'm, that's, it's, that's BS. Calling BS on that one. Well, they do have a link here. So. You can offset all of the carbon that you and all of your descendants throughout history will, uh, will ever produce just by taking... Go to Davos, okay, and when they f- when the World Economic Center flies in in their private planes, blow one up, okay? Blow up the plane that- with no one in it. 
This is what people are being told. The number of people facing acute food insecurity worldwide has more than doubled to 345 million since 2019 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, conflict, and climate change. The COVID-19 pandemic didn't do this, though. Governments did by locking people down and creating exactly. shortages around the world. Also by outlawing fertilizer in places like the Netherlands and Canada. Right, but I mean, even in the U.S., the the primary issue is that the the factor the tra- the tractors they use and stuff like that they they can't get replacement parts and all, all of yep. these other things that they need because the factories in China were closed. So it's a cascade of, of failures at this point, and it's going to be ugly. And they're going to blame COVID nineteen and Russia and global warming and all of these things. But the truth is rather simple: governments did this to you. Yep, this wasn't COVID nineteen. This isn't well. Even conflict, okay, that's government. COVID-19, yep. that's government. Climate change, I don't really believe that that's causing food shortages, but if it is, that's also caused by the government. What? Yeah, I mean, what what global warming would actually cause would be longer growing cycles, okay, bigger plants, higher tree lines on mountains, uh, the greening of, of the earth because carbon dioxide is plant food. And there was actually a study a number of years ago that as the rate of as the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere increases, trees are becoming more efficient at processing mm. that carbon dioxide, turning it into oxygen, as you would expect, right? This is how cyanobacteria took over the planet in the first place, right? There was an abundance of carbon dioxide. So nature did what nature does. And here evolved this bacteria that just so happens to consume carbon dioxide and turn it into oxygen. Okay, well, then we have an abundance of oxygen. So what does nature do? Nature creates a breed of, animal, a breed of creatures or organisms is the word I'm looking for. That consumes the oxygen and turns it back into carbon dioxide. And the two form this nice little symbiotic relationship of turning one's breathing stuff into the very thing the other one needs in order to survive. A lot of this happened because mm-hmm. of deforestation, because we cut away. We destroyed those yep. things that we... They're our breathing to partners. build cities. Yes. And now we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have killed all of our breathing pro- partners. That's what I'm going to refer to trees now. For I the like rest that. Of my life, they're our yeah. breathing partners. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.